welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Welcome to the Built on Air podcast, season 12, episode two. Good to be back with you. Good to have everybody with us. We always enjoy our time spent here learning about Airtable. We have myself, Dan Fellers, and regular host, Ali Alosa, with us. Hello. And we have special guest Lorenzo Lee with us. Welcome, Lorenzo. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good to have you on. We'll learn more about uh, Lorenzo's story later in the episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, I will go through what we're going to talk about. The Built on Air podcast is a weekly one-hour live show, and we go through everything Airtable-related. We always start with our Round the Basis segment, talking about what's going on in the Airtable community. Then we'll do a spotlight on Onto Air, our primary sponsor. Then we will do a segment where we learn more about Lorenzo and his experience and and background and how uh, he came to the Airtable universe. And then Lorenzo will walk through a base uh, for transportation dispatch platform that he built. We'll showcase that. And then we'll spotlight our community. And then lastly, Ali will end with a case for interface, talking about charts and usage of charts in interfaces. So with that, we will get to our round the bases and we go through different uh, communities, highlight everything. So we keep you up to date on all things Airtable so you know what the latest is. Uh, First, I wanted to showcase, I saw this in the Airtable community. Um, Last week, we had Scott on, who's also with us in the comments. Welcome back, Scott. And I thought this was interesting. There's a thread that started, what, four years ago, 2018, and talking about in-progress bar, in-cell progress bars. So we did this. Um, Scott showed how to do this. And I thought it was just kind of coincidence that this came back up. Um, People commented on it again. So it's always cool. I always love seeing like threads that have been around for years. You kind of see like the evol- evolution of Airtable within these threads. Um, and so anyways, there's more examples and there's even some code examples of how to do things to, to generate those charts. 
So if you want follow up, um, this thread is relevant or check out last last week's segment um, from Scott showcasing how to how to build cool mini charts within your cells like this. Right. I love how creative people get. It's so yeah. cool. that is I, I at the end of last episode, I talked about adding the gray bars on the end. And the example above that was exactly that. But I love how they added the colors how they change depending on how far up it is that's i just love that and that's yeah. really cool what you're showing right now yeah this one's pretty cool with the checkbox for done and just kind of the partial and then the information underneath uh we really do need to do a uh progress bar competition huh right some cool stuff in here so anyways just follow up from uh oh yeah scott just said that we need a progress bar contest <laughs> great minds yeah yeah all right so that's the last follow-up um a couple new items so this came out the day of i think our show last week or shortly after on tuesday um people started seeing this pop up on your forms on your Airtable forms a little checkbox that said email me a copy of my responses <laughs> Do you, uh, did any of you get this? I actually didn't, but I, I did not. Talking about it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I did. I don't think I did, but it was interesting to see. So this popped up. No, uh, this just was there. Like it wasn't an opt-in um, thing that you could that you could choose if you wanted it there. It just started showing up. And when you clicked on that checkbox, then it had a, a input box to enter your email. And for obvious reasons, this was not well received <laughs> by the community and those that um, those that started seeing this. And so not sure what the thinking was um, to push this out or they were probably A-B testing it, um, but they did then retract it and uh, pulled it back from all their forms. So I think within the day they, they pulled it back maybe the next day. Yeah, it was people That's, were not happy about it. It's interesting they can uh, just push something globally like that on accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was a couple. There was a couple threads. It looks like there is there is another one. Um, oh yeah, and Scott says it it redirected people to Airtable's website after submitting the form and asked them to sign up for an Airtable account. So it's kind of a growth mm. hack. <laughs> right. I wonder if it's meant to be internal. Like when you're filling out the, well, cause you, I guess you already get a, you get a copy. You get notified when someone submits a form response. Yeah, you can. Yeah. That's optional. Yeah. But I don't know if you get the details. Yeah. So yeah, so they must they must be maybe maybe it was like only on free bases. Maybe it's kind of part of like you know for free forms they might do something like that. But I think it was showing up for even for on on paid plans, um, which definitely was was not cool. So uh, so good good they at least retracted that, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. Yeah, I mean I think a lot of people have their own processes set up, you know where 
as soon as when somebody submits the form, they have their own email that goes out. I mean, that's just one reason why people would be upset because like there's so many different, you know, reasons why people wouldn't like that. Yeah. At least not without the option to turn it on and off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there was there was a couple threads. There this may not even be the one. I, there was another one that I'm pretty sure they responded to officially to say that that it wasn't there. Um, but yeah, there was multiple people that that brought this to their attention. Mm-hmm. So that's if you saw that that um, is there. Um, this one, I think I don't think uh, we mentioned it last week. So this one came out in August when we were off, and I just wanted to highlight it. Um, so they updated the action within automations for the Google Doc, the ability to update an existing Google Doc with new data. So kind of like a running um, document. Um, and now that I say that, maybe we did talk about this last week. Do you remember, Ali? I don't, I don't think we did. Not the specific update, no. Okay. So yeah, I just wanted to highlight this. So if you're using... Um, Google Docs and you're using their automation to create a new Google Doc, now you can actually update an existing one um, with more information. So maybe like a meeting uh, log history or some kind of running history that that continually updates from from records, you can do that use case now. So that's a cool little uh, new thing that that you can do within the uh, automations. Yeah, I like that Oh, it says at the bottom of that post that you can choose, or it can be inserted at the top of the bottom. That's, yeah. that I think is really, really powerful. Um, I'm still yeah. bothered that they chose to call it document automator because it's like, <laughs> it, it just doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. And that's not what it's called in the app. Yeah. It's almost like they created like this new product, but it's really just this one yeah. little integration. <laughs> it's silly. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I think that was a marketing ploy there. <clears throat> so, yeah, so that's kind of cool. I just want to highlight that. Um, check that out. And before we go on, Scott says the key drawback here is that the document needs to be hard coded into the automation. So you can't like dynamically associate it with with the record. Right. There is a feature you can do in uh, in onto Air's uh, Google Doc integration, so I'll give a plug for that. Yes. If you need more advanced functionality than what Airtable has, check out onto Air's Google Doc. Love it. All right, now the big one. This was kind of cool. So there's a new beta out there: record templates. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of cool. I don't know what it is, but it sounds cool. It does sound cool. I'm excited. It was it was quite a different um, sign up process than um, they typically do for betas. It was very, I mean, and I really loved Kavan. If you're out there listening, your your comment on this thread was like you stole all the thoughts out of my head and wrote it down. So thank you so much. Um, but yeah, you have to give your a specific a, a base ID that you want to enable it for, or or list of base IDs which I found interesting, instead of just at, a, at an account level, you had to tell them which bases you wanted to turn it on for. I did sign up, haven't heard back yet. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so deadline's tomorrow. So if you're uh, watching and you wanna get into the um, beta, fill out this link right here by tomorrow. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this evolves. I'm I'm really excited to, to take a look because this is something that, 
you know, it's, it's kind of standard practice in the consulting world to set up automations that kind of do this. So this will, will make things easier if, if done well. Yeah. I'm excited to see what it looks like. Yep. Yep. Cool stuff. All right. Moving on, uh, in the built on air community, um, I thought this was worth highlighting. So J Jonathan, uh, asks if there is a way to designate which email an automation air goes to. And I think we've addressed this in the past, but definitely worth bringing up because it's not um, super obvious. But I think we confirmed, I mentioned, and then Scott confirmed that it's actually in their support article. Um, at some point, they, they updated it. But basically, if you're getting airs with your automation, whoever last toggles it to be enabled, whatever user that was that enables the automation is the one that will get the uh, error messages. So if you're setting it up on behalf of somebody else, then you might want to tell them to toggle it, to turn it on so that they get the emails. Um, I've got a use case where I need to do that because I get all these emails and, and they're not relevant to me. I need to hand that over to, to my client to, so that they get all the emails. I get a lot of them. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, definitely worth, worth being aware of that. Um, so that you're, uh, in the know there and, and get, and it's going to the right person and it's only going to one person. That's the other thing is sometimes you think other people might be seeing it, but, um, it, it really only goes to that one email address, mm -hmm. which I hope we get more control over that, um, yeah. in the future. Yeah, it'd be nice to be able to yeah specify multiple people. So, all right, next one up. Um, so Chris Dancy, friend of the show, posted in the Facebook community that I guess uh, last week um, there was an update to interfaces and it caused a bunch of error warnings. I'm not a heavy interface user, so I don't I don't think I had this issue. Ali, I assume you saw it. Um, I didn't see the specific thing that he's talking about, but I have experienced some weird issues and have seen some errors within the edit. Um, well, this has happened to me if like um, somebody adds a new single select option or removes one. Sometimes that can break it, but. I have seen them actually push out some updates recently. Like um, if you drag in a field element, um, then you can, if you make it the like card layout, then I've seen in some cases where you're able to pick the fields that it displays, um, but I don't always see it. And it's been very glitchy. I don't know if anyone else has noticed this as well, but um, I'm excited for that day because I want to be able to pick the, fields that are displayed on that card. Yeah. But I have seen like, you know, the red text he's seeing there in that little pop-up. I've been getting a lot of that with that element. Interesting. This guy here yeah. was changed and no longer be selected. <clears throat> so yeah, so I guess, and other people have mentioned that, that they got it as well. I think this was on Thursday. Um, so um, yeah, worth knowing if you might need to go into your interface builder to to re. I think you just had to like reconnect the field to to get it to go away. Yeah. 
So kind of annoying. Mm -hmm. I don't know, though, if you saw any issues there. No, I didn't. Gotcha. All right. Let's go back to the built on air community. Um, never mind. This is the same one. I had it in there twice. Okay, going to uh, Twitter. This was uh, somebody, um, I just thought it was kind of cool pointing out. So this was uh, a, um, a early investor in Airtable and talking about his experience with Airtable. Um, so if you click on his article, goes to his blog. So just kind of an interesting article, his perspective as an early investor and what he loved about Airtable and, and how he's used it. And so he was a user first and knew the founder, Howie, and so got into uh, their Series B investment and talks a little bit about his experience and why he is a fan of Airtable and chose to invest in it. So interesting article worth uh, pointing out. Yeah, he even called it rad, it looks like. It's been yeah. a while since I heard that. <laughs> yeah, he's an unapologetic Homer in the worst way. Love it. Uh, any, any other tidbits, anything interesting pop out in, in this week in Airtable? Uh, I'm excited for them to, They. I got an email saying that I did not place in the interface designer contest, which is okay. Uh, but in that email, they did say that they were going to be putting some stuff up on the community on Monday, but I didn't see anything get posted yesterday. Um, yeah. But I'm excited mm. to see. I think they were going to highlight some of the universe entries, and I'm excited to see that. Hey, we have a friend joining us. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Hide our overlay. All right, welcome, Camille. Good to see you. Glad to have you join us. Yay! Traffic. Hey, hey, Allie, for your um, Airtable interface contest. What domain was your interface in? Oh, um, I did the. I did two. I entered the two different ones. One was just a transaction tracker, and the other was an inquiry response generator, basically. Like okay. A way a way to create cu custom responses to like leads. So, Got it. It's cool. We'll have to have a day where we all just show interfaces. I think that'd be fun. We'll right. show the we'll show the losers. <laughs> Any, so by by building win. by building the interface, did you um, did you see like how you might use it in the future? I mean, I think that's maybe part of their goal. Are you kind of like, oh, I could see myself using this? Well, it's funny. I love that you asked that because I actually created the the inquiry tracker is something that I use myself and I submitted it. Okay. I use it so often and it's been so helpful for me. Um, mm -hmm. So it's funny. It's kind of the other way around. Like, but yes, absolutely. I love it. I mean, there's so many use cases. So I'm excited to see like a big list of them all because there's so many things you can't even think of, you know? Yeah. Right. So that means the bar is pretty high for the winners. I'll have high expectations. <laughs> Well, from what I've seen yeah, on LinkedIn, there's some really cool stuff. I was about to say, I saw some screenshots on LinkedIn and it didn't even look like interfaces. I was like, what, what am I looking at? It was really cool. There was a lot of like some stiff competition out there for sure. So exciting. Camille, I can't remember. Did you submit something? No. So what happened was um, 
I saw the competition and I was considering, do I want to go, you know, and do all of like the polish and, the, you know, documentation and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, no. And then the day that the competition was over, I just made like five interfaces. And I was like, <laughs> let's just see what I could do if I decided to do it. And like, I was like, you know, once you get past the weird dragging, the the very determined dragging system that they have, you could you could put some stuff together. And I think the new buttons uh, were, you know, very very useful. Uh, it's like it's on its way. It's still not where, you know, I think I want it to be necessarily. But I think it's it's better than when it started. I think that's for sure. And I'm curious to see what other people did in terms of full builds and exciting news. Last week, I wasn't here because I was uh, on a flight after visiting my brother. While I was visiting, we made an air table together, guys. Nice. I did it. I infiltrated the system. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right. So we'll have to get him on the show to showcase it. And we made an interface. <laughs> so... <laughs> Camille, you know, I was also visiting my brother last week, and we yeah. also made an air table base. See, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. A couple. I love that. Everyone's doing mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of bummed out. I was going to build a couple interfaces for the contest, but they didn't really have the features that I wanted until it started. So they kept releasing features for the interface, like buttons and stuff, after it started. And so then it's like, oh, I would have done it if you would have had this button system and this menu thing or whatever but um yeah. so it's, it's nice to know that they're still releasing features at a at a startup pace mm-hmm. for Airtable. i think that's one of the main draws that i like about it is i mean even though it can be annoying when you just have random features or if you've ever had a base where one base has new stuff and another base doesn't and you're trying to like do something for a client and their base doesn't have the features i don't know if you've ever experienced that before but that's that's weird sometimes. Yeah. So, but otherwise I like it. Yeah. Some quick comments from the community. Scott lost all his money betting on Ali. No. <laughs> comment. And then uh, Justin, look forward to seeing the entries. There are moments where an interface designer inspires me, but it's still not something that I get to a lot. So... Yeah, definitely excited. We were hoping, yeah, this week that we could go through that, but maybe next week they'll have that out. Sounds like they are moving forward. All right, let's move on. So our primary sponsor on to air is a all-in-one toolkit to run your business on Airtable. It's a suite of apps that allow any business to take their Airtable to the next level. And as you have heard in previous episodes, we're getting close to a launch of a brand new built from scratch form builder on top of Airtable. Um, We are uh, getting very close to that. Hopefully either this weekend or next weekend that will be available on an invitation only basis to start while we work through um, bugs and final iterations of features. So if you want to get early access to that, reach out to us. Um, I've showcased the builder quite a bit of how you build your app, your, your forms. And um, we're, we are dog fooding our, our products. So we built a 
bug submission. So any bugs that we're finding while we're QAing it, we have a form that we built to submit our bugs. Um, so I thought I'd just showcase that. Some cool features that we have. So this is actually a, a single select field and you have the ability to display it in different ways. So this is kind of a, a button select option where you can select your single select as buttons. You can also select them as radio buttons or a single select dropdown. So there's different ways that you can display the different uh, field types within Airtable, which is kind of cool. And then this gets saved back into Airtable as the single select option. Um, you have attachments and also support for markdown for our description of our bug. Um, we have a markdown editor and then you submit it. So just kind of a sneak peek. This is just a few of the, the field types. We support almost all of the field types. Um, not all of them yet. Barcode we're, we're, we don't support. And some of the other ones like rollups and uh, lookups are a little bit tricky um, just because of how they work. So there's some workarounds for those. So anyways, check us out at ontoair.com. Sign up and reach out if you want to get access to the uh, new forms that are coming out very soon. With that, we're going to move on and we're going to learn more about Lorenzo and your background. Lorenzo, why don't you give us kind of your story? Where, What's your background? Tell us a little bit about yourself and then how you found Airtable. Okay. Or, origin story. Um, well, I, you know, I guess my background is is development. So I've been a developer building, writing code probably since I was 14 or 15. Um, I, I actually went to school for art first. Um, and then I went back to school for development uh, only because I live in Minneapolis. And, you know, my dream was to work for like Pixar when I was like a kid or something. So it's like just a traditional like artist and went to school for that went back to school for development and then uh, moved to California and started working in Silicon Valley. So um, long history in just traditional software development. And then um, I branched off and started a company just doing general development for startups and small businesses, like just building solutions, whether it's like a mobile app desktop app or, or whatever and then over time you know dealing with a lot of startups they always need like faster ways to implement and build things so um that's kind of how i stumbled upon Airtable as a means for uh building solutions quickly um so that's kind of like the origin story of me working with uh um Airtable. And usually, I guess, in the domains I work in, there's kind of like three, I would say there's like three different segments of a business that we kind of focus on. Um, and you have like your acquisition, you have your um, operations, and then you kind of have product. Like those are kind of like the three delineations. So um, Airtable is kind of a unique product because it fits nicely in all three of those where, you know, if you're trying to like, do operations kind of like using Airtable as a CRM, it's perfect. But if you're also trying to use Airtable for like acquisition, like managing marketing stuff, it's really good for that too. Um, where I kind of started was using Airtable from a product perspective, which is 
different, but um, it's one of those things where I would build solutions, whether it's like someone who's like, hey, I want to build a custom like Telegram subscription platform and we'd use Airtable for the database. Or um, I want to build a game using Unity 3D, but the, the product people, I want to build all the interfaces and kind of like the game logic would be built like an Airtable. And you might like sync that to like a real database that your game would connect to. So using it like in, in that perspective, or maybe like a, a chat app, um, lots of apps in Airtable where maybe the product is like a, uh, uh, like a fitness, maybe there's like a custom like recipe generator thing where people fill in a bunch of information and then every week they get like a, a custom recipe suggestion list or something like that. So like that product itself would be built in Airtable, even if Airtable wasn't the interface that the customers would use. So that's kind of where um, I spent a lot of time where where a company would come to me and they would have an idea or a concept and they would come to us and they'd say, well, what is the best way for us to like get there the fastest, right? And so then you'd ask questions about scale, how much data there is, how fast do they need it, <laughs> you know? And so Airtable really fits nicely in that domain. So um, those are kind of like, I'm mostly product and operations. So a lot of, lot of stuff is just product-based and then there's some stuff as well that's uh, that's a lot of operations. So a lot of like, CRMs or people who come limping from like HubSpot or something or like Asana and they're like, oh, I just, I need a bunch of stuff. I need to, to be able to manage customers, but I need to be able to click a button and generate an invoice or know exactly when a contract's been signed so that I can send the task to the, you know, so stuff like that. So lots of CRM stuff as well. So um, that's kind of what what my focus is and what I, I like the product stuff better, but the operation stuff comes comes a lot more and it's yeah. more standardized. So like at this point we have like a like a CRM like template. So if someone comes, you know, like a standard company, there's a standard template we have that that already has all the bells and whistles of like QuickBooks integration, DocuSign, PandaDoc google drive you know slack all all that stuff with all the columns that you would see like in a hubspot or salesforce crm and there's some other integrations like data enrichment so hubspot's got cool features where you can um anytime someone comes into your system as a contact hubspot just knows their business and could just <laughs> add that data so we have features like that or features like you click a button on a specific contact and the widget will open up on the side and like bring in all the mail messages from that person and allow you to respond to them. Kind of similar to like HubSpot where you have your email integrated right within, um, within the experience. So we do a lot of, a lot of stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. That's a cool background. I really like how you broke out those three different segments. I think that that's very true. Um, and, and it's interesting because, yeah, I don't do a lot of the product stuff like you're talking about more of on our consulting. It's definitely more of the acquisition and operation side. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there, there's probably some pretty cool use cases on the product side as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. good stuff. And so you're now back in Minneapolis. Is that correct? Unfortunately, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You can you can. Uh, 
You can be proud of that. <laughs> I don't know. I was there last week. Were you? Yeah. That's yeah. what I did last I episode. mean, it's it's nice for a couple months a year until, you know, winter comes for six months. But, you know, once you see the ocean and the mountains every day, it's, it's hard to transition back to the snow. We'll just put yeah, baby. <laughs> California life. <laughs> Definitely. I don't know about LA though. LA's getting kind of <gasps> rough. But we, we have the ocean and also mountains and also smog. Yeah. Yeah, smog and yeah. Remember uh, how I was 15 <laughs> minutes late to this very podcast episode because of the traffic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, traffic too. That traffic is 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 that's crazy. When so when I lived in um California, one of my first jobs in Silicon Valley was working at, at yahoo.com. But I lived in Berkeley and I had to walk to a bus, to an Amtrak train, to a trolley, just to get to work every day in Santa Clara. It was like an hour and a half commute each way. And it was the fastest way to get there. It was I mean, only faster way would be if you had like a motorcycle because motorcycles just drive right through traffic. But other than that, that was that was pretty brutal commute. Yeah, that sounds price like you it. pay for the ocean and the mountains. That's and right. The smog. <laughs> Very cool. Well, we're glad to have you on, Lorenzo. Glad uh, to have you in the community at uh, Built on Air. And um, yeah, and the name of, the name of your agency was uh, Lodic Digital. Lodic Digital. Lodic Digital. Yep. Cool. So yeah, feel free to reach out to him. Um, we'll put we'll put his uh, website in the in the notes. And uh, cool. So you're gonna show with us if you want to get your screen ready. I'll transition real quick. Oh yeah, let me just show. Yeah, make that Kinda visible. Like so simple. Lorenzo is going to walk through a base that he's built, and this is actually kind of more in that product side. So that's kind of cool. Most of the demos we see are kind of the operational side. So this will be cool to see a full product built inside of Airtable. And get your screen ready. And I'll add it. There we go. It's showing. Okay. So this base is um, a transportation in the transportation space. So transportation company just to kind of explain the concept um people who need rides to like a doctor's appointment or a clinic appointment or whatnot um the insurance company will pay for that trip and so there's a lot of companies any they're called NEMT companies and NEMT companies uh what they do is they're basically the facilitator of those trips so the insurance company um, will reach out to an NEMT company. They will call them or the NEMT company will like download like a CSV of all the trips they have to do for the day. So a company, anyone can have a company if you go to the government or whatever and you get a license. But anyways, you get that CSV and then you're like, all right, I got to pick up these seven people and I have to bring them to and from the trip. I have to get a signature and then that's it. Then I submit that claim to the insurance companies and I get paid for it. Well, there's no real software that focuses specifically on that sub industry. Um, 
there's some that are that are that are popping up, but most mostly there's not a ton of ton of interest in that space. Uh, um, so, anyways, what I built was a basically like a dispatch platform that's pretty basic, but it kind of like fills that void. And so, an NEMT company might come and they will see trips here. These trips will automatically populate via uh, Make. So what happens is um, a trip will come in from like a transportation company through like a webhook through, there's a little bit more to it. There's like some AWS and some other architecture that was built out. But anyways, a verified trip will come in through a webhook. And then this will basically find the company the trip belongs to. Um, it can automatically assign a driver if a driver is available and a vehicle. Um, it'll also go and update the trip with like uh, Amazon. It'll update the trip with like mapping. So like uh, when you go back to this base, you can see like a specific map, for instance, of exactly where this pickup is, for instance. So basically all the insurance companies um, submit data through motive, uh, like motive care if you see this as just one of these like brokers. And so they get trips from insurance companies, they send them over to this platform. This platform figures out all the details about the trip, what company the trip belongs to. Um, and then it automatically assigns the trip, the driver, the pictures, everything. So that this company now can just sit here in Airtable and figure out these trips. They can schedule the trip. Um, they can unschedule if, if they need to they can say they're on the way basically they can assign drivers to the trip this was built a while ago before interfaces but interfaces would be like the perfect um dispatch platform for this but previous to interfaces um this is you know you would just click this button to like for instance assign a driver and then once you assign a driver i don't have any drivers assigned right now but once you assign a driver they have a, this Glide mobile app is also connected to the base. So the Glide mobile app user would get the trip right here. And then they could sign off the, when the trip is done, they could like do a signature. And then that signature would automatically come back into Airtable um, in like a signature field here. So there's like a signature field and they would, they would come back and it would just be a signature. And after the trip is done and completed, there's other scenarios here for like sending the trip to motive care so you'd actually send the trip so previously before this solution existed you know you'd come to a company and a company would literally run this off of like an excel spreadsheet or something they'd have an excel spreadsheet they'd call the drivers and they'd say hey here's a trip the driver would like do a signature on a piece of paper they would scan it in and then one by one they would go to like the insurance company's website or like motive care and they would like fill out a form for every trip. So a company might have like a, like 300 trips a day or like a, like a week. And they would just have people that would literally sit and just one by one fill out these trip forms. So this solution completely like does that for them. And all the trips after the trips get completed, it, it automatically just goes right to the insurance company. The signature gets sent to them and then they get paid. Um, it, it is multi-tenant. So um, it does have the ability where you can like basically like copy the base and have like a base per transportation company. 
and then that solution will figure out which this um, scenario will figure out like which company and which trip that that belongs to and then assign it appropriately. Um, so it's kind of like a multi-tenant solution. But this was one solution kind of similar in like that product space where it's like, all right, we need a solution to do to do this thing. Do you just build it from scratch? Do you use Airtable or some other solution? And there's there are some drawbacks to using Airtable. You know, it's quick build. You can build stuff really fast. But, you know, in some cases, before interfaces, the experiences were a little bit hard for, for some users, um, but that's been rectified. Um, the other thing is a lot of companies want like financial data and other stuff in there, like how much money did I make on a user? But because you can't really properly hide columns and fields, it's hard sometimes if you don't want your dispatch to like see your book of business or how much you're making per trip or something like that um, uh, for, for a user. So um, those are some things that at some times we will build an interface on top of Airtable using like Jet Admin or like, you know, one of those other apps that can kind of like give even more segmented data to users. But this would be like a typical thing that you might use as like a product to solve to solve a problem quick and dirty that a company can use. That's awesome. Super cool. So on the business side, I'm curious, is this um, is this something you built on behalf of another company? I did. Well, I partnered with a company um, and we built out a solution. It's funny because previous to this, there was like, a, you know, I used to, I built this piece of software for an interpreting company. That's kind of like the same kind of domain, but it's interpreting instead of transport, but same deal, right? You get licensing, you have to interpret for the appointments. Um, and that was custom. So we built that out literally with code. It took forever. And then Airtable comes along and it's like, man, I pretty much built Airtable, but it took like a year and it wasn't even as cool. And then Airtable comes along. So um, par partnered up and then then built out a solution and, and you know, have, have companies right now that are basically using it in their own segmented bases to, to run their transportation companies. Gotcha. So you partnered with this company and then they're taking it to other similar companies? Yep. Different... Yep. So I'm kind of more like the on, on the technical and, and usability end of it. And, and the more features Airtable adds, the cooler um, it becomes to, to do things like this um, with the more features and stuff. But I guess the only challenge is it's multi-tenant. So there's a base per company. So then it's like when, if you have to update a base, like for instance, interface, there's no way for me to like migrate an interface if, if we build some cool interfaces from company A to company B to company C. You know, it's yeah. a very manual, <laughs> manual, manual effort. Um, would you would right you also now. have to duplicate all of your make scenarios too? Because if you're firing off of web hooks and then using that to control, um, you know, put this information in this Airtable uh, field, well, it's looking at a particular base. So, do you need like a very There's, complex um, make scenario or multiple? Yeah, complex make scenario. So okay. that webhook that I showed you brings in trips from from everybody. So this is like okay. this vendor will send us trips for 
all the companies. And so then there's a system in place that'll determine what base belongs to that company. You know how like in a scenario you can like add a to a base for um, in your air scenarios, you can like delineate delineate just that. So you can say, hey, okay. this company belongs to this base. And so add the trip there. So, but yeah, at the beginning it was just like one. And then as we expanded, we did have to like build out and kind of like scale that. So for sure. That's pretty cool to think. So today there's people getting rides that's all being tracked and monitored in Airtable. <laughs> Yeah, Airtable and Glide, they don't they don't even know it. But yeah. But yeah. That's awesome. And Airtable is also really cool during the like the testing phase because like some of these buttons, for instance, these buttons trigger um webhooks. So for instance, if someone rejects a ride or there's a ride change event, right? Or like a canceled trip, those buttons actually exist in the Glide mobile app because the driver is gonna see a trip and they can accept it or cancel it. So what after you assign a trip, there's a webhook that, well, it's not even a webhook anymore because now Glide's connected to Airtable. Before we had Excel between them or Google Sheets, mm. but wow. um, now Glide connects directly with Airtable. So anyways, when you assign a trip, they see it, but during testing or if there's something wrong with an app, a dispatch person can come in here and like click a button to cancel a trip, for instance, and then this what this these modules basically trigger these events from the glide app or from airtable so we wanted to make it flexible so like in, if someday in the future airtable doesn't scale or we have to put like like whatever software or like jet admin or some other interface on top of airtable for like a, from an experience perspective we don't have to modify um, some of these modules. Some of them have to change because they're still relying on Airtable database, but some of them don't have to rely on Airtable and we can start to scale those out and make them more flexible. Hmm. So that was kind of the, the goal of the project. But definitely we started with Airtable because it's just so flexible and you can see, because I can see the database, I don't have to like build it on top of like, you know, any other like MySQL or MongoDB or something. And then I have to build an interface on top of that just for people to interact with the data. So Airtable was like the perfect solution uh, yeah. for a quick build out. Yeah, that is so cool. So you're a longtime Glide Apps user even before they, they had Airtable support. What's your impression of Glide Apps? Um, it's, it's, it has its limits, it's pretty cool. Um, I do, I have some crazy, you should see some of the scenarios I've had before where I had to go from Airtable to like Google Sheets to Glide because I was trying to sync those. So Airtable, that was awesome when they made that change. But um, Glide, Glide apps is pretty cool. You know, um, there there's really good features that they have. Some, for the mobile perspective, some things can be like very tedious or annoying if you're building like a really big app because of like how the menu systems work when you're like creating things. Um, I, I'm not a super fan. Like I wish I could like, for instance, like up add JSON for instance, to like make a change or something to like, you know, if you have like a form in a glide app with like 30 options or something with like webhook triggers and stuff, like it can be very tedious to go in and like change things one by one by one. But 
um, it's a lot nicer than some of the other mobile app experiences that I've played with in the no code space. So. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. I love seeing real yeah. life demos and, and that's a pretty, pretty cool application that sounds like you're scaling it. How many different locations is it, is it supporting now? Um, I have about 15 that wow. it's supporting. So, um, there's, there's, there's opportunity. There's, there's a lot more that, that we could do. That's, that's like no marketing kind of like word of mouth in network thing, trying to work out some kinks, trying to slow the scale because all the base changes are one by one. Yeah. You know, it's really challenging when you get started and you get like initial feedback from users that are like, Hey, we want billing or can we add an integration to like sync this to QuickBooks? Cause that's where we do our payouts for our drivers or something like that. You know, that type of stuff. It's like every change you have to replicate to all these bases. And it's like, until it'll be nice when Airtable releases, if they ever do the ability to like add fields and stuff like that with the API, I would love that because yeah. then I could just completely code out the whole thing. But until then it's very, it's very manual. So, so I do mm -hmm. have, trepidation about growing too fast and then you know or you're on base one point i don't like yeah i don't even know but you yeah could do a, be... you could do a bit with scripts but there's only there's still limitations there yeah like yeah. you can't generate a formula yeah. field right yeah. exactly and then there's like a you know i know there's like some stuff out in the wild where like you can update fields or whatever <laughs> add add new columns but you know i don't know I about spend putting infrastructure time into like unsanctioned stuff and Airtable yeah. can just like <laughs> you know shut that down. Airtable yeah. can be a dream killer. <laughs> for yeah. a, lot, a lot of people building ecosystems around Airtable and I'm like, oh man, they they they're moving so fast. It's like you you really got to be real networked in with them or like have a completely different unique way that you're doing something to like value add and just like stay competitive without worrying about being cannibalized. You know, yeah. um, it's something I've seen in, in, I was in the healthcare space for a long time. And, and anytime you'd have, you know, some EHR that opens up like the platform or people are making modules or making a book of business. And then they're like, oh, that's a great idea. And they just bring it in, in the house, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, but yeah. but yeah. So anyways, I won't be doing any unsanctioned stuff. I'll just wait for Airtable to like allow me to write scripts for stuff like that then it'll be cool especially if i could do like base copy and like replication that'd be awesome yeah right yeah yeah that's why that's honestly like i've you know had ideas similar to yours but that's been the hold back where i haven't gone forward with them yeah the or permissions thing. yeah if you like if i could have like multi-tenant like a super base depending on obviously how many records are being generated but if I could segment it to that way, segment it that way, that'd be sweet too, you know, or maybe even build interfaces and then people don't even see the underlying database. They just see the nice interfaces I build, you know, with buttons. That would be another way if I could just share those interfaces and they don't have access to the base. So I think there's going to be some things coming that might completely change how I architect this particular business thing. So that's another reason why I'm just scared of growth because I just, I'm I'm a fan of of uh, building things that can scale fast, but I don't need like 
every 100 clients, I have to add like 10 team members <laughs> to the business. So I try to find ways where I can do stuff that's, I mean, if I'm an automator and an integrator, it's dumb to not be able to automate, integrate my business. So yeah, it's kind of right. self-serving. Exactly. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you so much for showing that. And uh, we will definitely send people your way. Um, especially if you're in the transportation world, you definitely need to reach out to them. Yeah. You need to ride cool. to the doctor. I got you covered. That's right. Awesome. Thank you, Lorenzo. Real sure. quick, uh, quick shout out to our Built On Air community, people like Lorenzo and many other. We have thousands of people in our Airtable uh, community, our Built On Air community. So please join us if you're not already, builtonair.com slash join. We'll get you in to both our newsletter and our Slack community where people are interacting every day and helping each other out to be better Airtable users. So please join us at builtonair.com. Finally, Ali is going to walk us through charts and interfaces. All right. Can you see my screen? Yep. Awesome. So this is just a really random hack that I thought up the other day. Um, and I'm just going to demo this really quickly. I believe this. there are some limitations. I think you have to have a pro plan for this to work. Um, but we will get there in a moment. Um, so basically, I have a very a pretty simple setup here, just between two tables, opportunities and months. Um, I like to set up a months table or like you know weeks, months, years, however granular you want to get to like bucket data and summarize it. Um, and here I've got just a count field of my opportunities, and then I have a number field that's just an entry um, where I can enter in a target or a goal that I have for that month. Um, and something that is really difficult to do is to like actually get a chart in Airtable that will compare those numbers because you need to have one column for a chart to pull off of, and then you can group by another thing, but all of your data has to be in one um, field. Um, so this is the way, this is my hack to get around that in an easy way. Um, in the past, I would have maybe created like another table linked to months and had two rows for, per month, one for target, one for actual, if that makes sense. But instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a view here and call this target. I'm just going to hide everything except um, my target numbers and how about just the date. And then I'm going to make this synced to a new base. Create a new base. All right. So now I have this here. Everything's called target. Um, I'm just going to rename this like months. We'll call this uh, CRM reporting. And now over here, I want to just duplicate this view because what I'm going to do is I'm going to sync in a second uh, source into that same table. But instead of my target column here, I actually want my count, so my number of opportunities that I actually have. And I've named this actual versus target, because once I get this other view in there, 
Um, I'm going to just toggle this on and then I'm not going to actually click the sync this view to another base because this wouldn't, I believe so far, it only gives you the option to just create a new table in that base, but I want to add it as a second data source to this table already. So I'm going to go to here and then you can either do this directly from add records from this option here, or if you're in your sync configuration, you'll have that option as well right there. And I'm going to choose Airtable base, and that's called sales CRM demo. Table is months, and the view is actual. Or I could have just pasted in my share link there. Now, this is the part that makes it really cool. So this, by default, is saying, all right, sync this to a new number field. But I don't want to do that. I want to sync it to my actual, my existing field that I already have. Um, so you can actually point different data sources into the same field here, like funnel it all into the same column. And when I do this, now I have two sources. Give it a second to sync up. But it automatically has given me this select field here that I'm going to change my colors of quickly. So the charts will look nice and pretty. Actually, I'm going to rename this just like number. And... That's all I need to do for the syncing. So now I can actually go into my interfaces. I'm just gonna create a blank one just to demo how now I can grab the chart. And if I change my X axis to the date, I could bucket it by month or whatever I'd wanna bucket by. And I want to do my field summary of that number column. Just sum it up, but really I don't want a bar chart. I want a line chart. And when I group it by that sync source field, now I have a comparison of my target versus my actual numbers in what I find to be a pretty simple way that's gonna just keep up with all my opportunities as I add them. Um, and I don't have to go through any automations of doubling up this table. I can just keep everything here. And then I have the ability to like, you know, do more with those numbers, like see how far off of my goal I am. Solid. That's great stuff. Getting getting very good reaction from from the viewers. Saying it's awesome, brilliant use, and Russell saying he want he had similar idea as well. So cool stuff. Thank you. I'm excited. I literally like kind of dreamed this up the other night while I was thinking about it, and I got really excited. I was like, I have to go try it. So I'm excited to see what else you could do. I think there's a lot of different use cases you could do for this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you could have, well, what's the limit on number of different sources? I think three. I oh, think you, three? Can, you can do more than three now. It, if, mm. I, thought, uh, I thought it was six is the number I had. It, I think it's something like that. And it also depends whether you have a legacy account or not. And I think. Yeah. Uh, but if I went back into the base. Yeah, because I can just keep adding more i think yeah i'm not sure what the number is quite off the top of my head but i know it's more than two now it used to be two or three and then they upped it 
both Kavan and, and Russell mentioned that you could then even sync this data back to the original to get it back in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, as uh, Lorenzo pointed out a little earlier, um, you know, permissions are kind of still very limited for what you can show. You could say, don't show this information at all to this group of users. So, you know, in some cases, you might just want to keep this base literally just this table so that, you know, if you're in an interface and you're looking at these charts and then they, you know, click the go back to base button, they still only see just this. Right. Uh, but yeah, syncing back to the original base, if you don't care about, you know, the permissions or the visibility aspect of it means that you don't have to flip back and forth between this interface and then the other interface if, you know, you were building out a larger system. Exactly. Yeah. Justin yeah. mentions that the source limit is three for pro and 20 for enterprise. Excellent. So. Yeah. Awesome. That is like a real useful workaround and uh, hopefully people get value out of this and can what, go through that demo and use it in their scenarios. Awesome. Thank you everyone for joining. That wraps up our show for today, right at the hour mark. We're always glad to have uh, new faces join us. Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining, excited to see where you take uh, your business. I could see that business taking off to where that could be a full-time endeavor for you. So pretty, pretty exciting. Thank you. Thank you for, for having me on. Appreciate it. Yep. And Camille and Ali, always great to have you on. And we will see everybody next week on our next live episode of our Built on Our podcast. Take care. for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor ontair.com and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast.